Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Wednesday on the Colleen and Bradley show, and Olivia Wilde is still shaking her salad dressing at us. Oh, my Mm -hmm. goodness. And I'm going to tell you exactly what that means in mere moments. Good afternoon and welcome to the greatest show of all time. It's the Colleen and Bradley show, man. Uh, Hour one, anyway, here on my talk. And today we are joined by none other than the lovely Holly Roberts, of course, and Mike. Hello. Hey, Mike. Thanks for being with us today. Colleen uh, jets off to, uh, I was going to say warmer climbs. I'm assuming it's warmer where she's going. She'll be back with us on Monday. In the meantime, in between time, we got to get right back to exclusive Harry Styles, Olivia Wilde, Jason Sudeikis, The Nanny. All of these people are caught up in a whirlwind tabloid extravaganza. Right, Holly? Yes. And apparently part two of the nanny tell-all drop today. But wait, there's more. I mean, literally all day we're going to talk about this. this like, is what? But you come to us yeah. because we are going to be talking about this all day. And it's so fabulous. So here's where we are. Holly said exclusive part two of the nanny. Who's the nanny real quickly, Holly? It's not Fran Drescher. It's mm. Jason. <laughs> it's Jason Sudeikis and Olivia Wilde's former nanny. Now, this person has chosen to rename, remain anonymous. Interesting. So we, so we don't know who this is. In a likely paid interview with the Daily Mail. I mean, when it's exclusive from the Daily Mail, one can make a safe assumption that not only is the call coming from inside the house, but the call is actually being paid for. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So... We're getting more. So the nanny dropped a bunch of stuff while the Daily Mail did with this nanny uh, earlier this week. And today we've gotten a second dose of what the nanny has to say. And I will say the nanny shows up with receipts in the form of text. I want to read a text to you now. Again, we have Olivia Wilde, Jason Sudeikis, Harry Styles, and the nanny. The nanny providing context on what went down as Olivia Wilde allegedly supposedly cheated on her fiance Jason Sudeikis with the most popular uh, pop star uh, currently of uh, the male variety by the name of Harry Styles. This was back, gosh, two years now, a year and a half. This was back two, <laughs> yeah, two and a half years ago. It was when Don't Worry Darling was filming and in production. Exactly. So it was like it was in the midst of the pandemic. Anyway, yeah. that's when we learned about it. But we're now getting so we're going back there. So the stuff we're learning is stuff that has long since happened already. Here is, I'm going to read a text exchange to you, Holly, Mm -hmm. from allegedly, supposedly the nanny to Jason Sudeikis and back and forth. So I'm going to start with the nanny 
and I'll tell you what Jason says. And I just want your thoughts on this exchange. Great. I honest, This is the nanny. Mm-hmm. I honestly feel like she, Olivia Webb, I honestly feel like she was just here with us as a family. And then within a day, she moved on and in with someone else. And as a stranger, it's just so bizarre. Jason replies, that's what happened. And think how I feel after nine years. Exactly. No time for healing for anyone. Just confusion, shock, and chaos with feelings. Sad emoji. Hurt in the soul. Anyway, enough of that. I hope you're having a fantastic day, Ted Lasso. Did she say that? Yeah. (laughs) So now, that is a text exchange from the nanny between herself and Ted Lasso's Jason Sudeikis. Yes. What's your reaction? That's a really intimate text thread between the nanny and Jason Sudeikis. I don't, being a person who has never had um, a nanny figure in my Uh life or has communicated with a nanny, there is, there is an intimacy that is assumed on the part of the nanny between her, she has clearly sees that she is integrated in part of this family in a way that I find shocking. Okay, so, I, I, you know, that's an interesting insight. So I appreciate that and honor it. And uh-huh. now I want to read another one. Great. Because I want to add to it and then I want to go deeper. Ooh, wonderful. Again, mm-hmm. this is a text between the nanny purporting to be from the nanny to Jason Sudeikis. He goes at one point, you write Olivia back? And I don't know what the context of that is. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. I, and she says, I sent a heart, but then I thought I shouldn't have. It's BS that she can't wait to see us all. She hasn't asked once how I'm doing or the kids. Anyhow, I'm not one to be manipulated or fake. Shrug emoji. I just can't believe she's living this life with Harry and hasn't said a word about it to me. Jason, she's embarrassed and not living in the real world, and we're a part of that real world. Nanny, it's difficult for me to communicate with her because of her behavior and selfishness towards the kids, yourself, and myself. I don't like that she thinks she can treat us all that way and act like nothing's wrong or discuss this. I am shocked at her bizarre behavior. Any more thoughts? Again, I go back to this intimacy Mm -hmm. that's happening between the nanny and Jason Sudeikis. And I say intimacy, not in that they're doing it, but quite frankly, who knows? Who knows? But, but that they have this frank frankness that the nanny now, again, not being able to speak as a person who has ever been a nanny or who has been employed as I'm not a part of that world. But however, I can speak to the fact that I did work for somebody mm-hmm. as their, you know, number two, essentially, in, in Interesting. A, like as an assistant or as someone yeah. who was employed and went inside somebody's house. I would never, I would never have even had a conversation like that with the person that, who employed me. That too, I find interesting. Yeah. Now, what you maybe can't appreciate as I'm staring at it, because I'm actually looking at the text exchange and definitely for the audience who is probably in a car, you're on your way to, your, to another life and you're wondering... God, these rich, successful people have drama-filled lives. Yes. And And? what you can't see that I am appreciating or Mm -hmm. noticed, everything I read you in both of those exchanges is very, uh, very heavy on one person's part. That is the nanny. 
like like three quarters of the text is coming coming from the nanny. She's like, what do you think about this and this and this? And it just really seems very possible to me that she's either leading him in these conversations, like she's trying to get him to say things in these conversations. She's implying all sorts of motives on Olivia Wilde that I don't think to your point as a, you know, employee of the household, she's qualified to provide. And it does seem to step beyond a number of uh, emotional boundaries. And if you notice every one of Jason Sudeikis's responses, they're very short. They're very terse. He does engage the conversation, but he doesn't elaborate. He doesn't go, uh, say things like, yes, and blah, 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 blah. And did you know? It does seem very much that the nanny is leading this conversation. And I just find that interesting that she then turns around. If if we assume, for the sake of discussion, that her text exchanges are real, because they could be totally fabricated. We don't know. These are just screen caps provided to the Daily Mail. Right. But let's assume they're real. It seems entirely possible to me that she knew that someday, for whatever reason, she would be collecting these and providing them to someone for public view. Because they just seem very, you know, like I said, leading and curated. Could just be the way they're being framed by the Daily Mail. But in 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 a world that we live in with lots of money and power and influence and celebrity, it would not strike me as completely beyond the realm of possibility that someone would, that she would be really working hard to get him to say uncomfortable things. Right. Yes. And Bradley, I see all of that that you said, and that's where it's rooted in that this is too intimate. Yes. This is way too intimate of a conversation to be happening between employer, employee in this way. And totally agree with you now that you frame it in that way, that these are very leading questions and that they are gathering receipts. So, and not to say that two years ago they thought they would be selling these to a major worldwide tabloid, but that they were trying to get information that maybe perhaps wasn't theirs to have in the first place. And you could see where somebody, it, it could be a simple case is like she got way too involved in their lives. True. And then became, you know, frustrated, bitter, resentful about something and then decided to. Because I think we could all see relationships like that happening. We've all had perhaps run ins with people who, um, are somewhat to build up a little codependency. Yeah, and in 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 uh interested in things that maybe go beyond their purview, right? Like right. so I could see a world wherein, you know, she was heavily invested in these two. I mean, being a nanny for like a list Hollywood couple, that that probably attracts a certain kind of, you know, interested party. And you could imagine too where people like Jason Sudeikis and Olivia Wilde are like, oh gosh, what did we get into? Because I do want to just remind the audience, if you're just joining us, we're talking about the nanny of Jason Sudeikis and Olivia Wilde, who, uh, you know, is supposedly, not supposedly, was there on the ground as we are learning, or is that that Jason Sudeikis is learning, that Olivia Wilde is uh, having an affair with Harry Styles. Like, she all of a sudden becomes part of something much bigger. And if she's already invested, you could see where she would be holding on to all of this information. Mm-hmm. And then if you listen to Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis, they say that she has been coming for them for the last 18 months. And so I don't know what the broader conversation about any of this is. It's just clear to me that this person has a lot more questions to answer Yes, than they're being asked to answer at this moment by the Daily Mail or anybody else. Right. And after reading those text messages, Bradley, 
thinking about that and then thinking about the joint statement of Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis, there mm, there are a lot of missing pieces to this puzzle. There's a lot of context about all of their relationships that are missing. So we can take the salacious parts of this story and we can chew on them, which we will be doing. Of course, she talks about the fact that apparently Olivia Wilde gave up their dog because she was too smitten with Harry Styles. She didn't have time to raise their new dog, so she turned it over to her dog walker. Um, Which, again, you know, rich people problems. Like, oh, hey, can I rehome this dog with my dog walker? A person I pay to walk dogs? I mean, we... That that is not unusual, but it was obviously a a person in her life that she was felt comfortable to to hand over, you know, a pet to. Right. We don't have all the information, but what information we do have is salacious. But I would like to have more. It's sad. It's cringy. Mm-hmm. It's juicy. It's all of the things that you expect from any Hollywood story. I am continue to be fascinated, though, Holly, and I know you are too. How this story came out of left field because yeah. I thought this sto- this whole story right was about uh, Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde, and look, it wouldn't be the first affair. It wouldn't be the first Hollywood affair. Have you met Ben Affleck? Have you met the world? Have you met Brad Pitt and yes. Angelina Jolie? Yes. There is nothing. New- Have you met? Have you met Eddie Fisher I was and say, Elizabeth and, Taylor? And, and Debbie, Debbie Reynolds, Reynolds has a bone to pick with them, mm-hmm. which she's probably currently discussing in the great hereafter. Uh, I hope they've moved past uh, things now that they've had some time to spend together. Uh huh. But yeah, like this is nothing new, but I am still so fascinated that this is the story we're talking about because I did not see any of this coming. No. Especially the jilted nanny. Mm -hmm. When we come back, though, we have a jilted pop culture heiress in the form of Holly Roberts, who's going to share some of the latest from Hollywood right here on My Talk 107.1. My friend Jennifer and the whole Snyder team, really. Jennifer Snyder, the Snyder team with EXP Realty. Head to the SnyderTeam.com if you're buying or selling a home. But also, just pick up the phone and call Jennifer if you've got questions. Like, you don't have to feel obligated that you're now in a long-term relationship with someone. Although, trust me, when you talk to Jennifer, uh, you guys are going to be in a relationship for a while. Here's why. She is brilliant at helping you answer any of those complicated real estate questions. For example... Are you thinking about selling your home, but you're not sure if you should wait until after the holidays or should you start right now, get the process started? Maybe there's a life transition in your family and you're trying to transition mom or dad into assisted living. She has been through all of these scenarios over the last 25 years and so has her team. That's why they have been successful selling thousands uh, or helping thousands of families across the Twin Cities in Western Wisconsin buy or sell homes. Head to the SnyderTeam.com today and tell Jen- This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. And here with all the latest from Hollywood and beyond, because Hollywood's not the center of everything. Holly Roberts with the Dirt Alert. Hey, house. Hey, Bradley. But we are going to start in Hollywood this afternoon. Oh, good. Where Matthew Perry is talking to People Magazine up uh, against his Friends, Lover, and the Big Terrible Thing memoir that's going to be available November 1st. So he's out there selling his memoir, and he is sharing some pretty intimate details about his life. Like what, for example? Well, for example... He's publicly acknowledging for the first time that when he said he suffered from a gastrointestinal perforation a couple of years ago, 
That Matthew Perry, he actually spent weeks fighting for his life after his colon burst from opioid overuse. Matthew Perry then spent two weeks in a coma and five months in the hospital and had to use a colostomy bag for nine months. Now, if you recall at the time, he was sharing little snippets of this on Mm -hmm. Twitter saying that he was dealing with some health issues, but that really was it. So that happened a few years ago. He's setting the record straight on that. He said when he was first admitted to the hospital when that was happening, the doctors told my family that I had a 2% chance to live. Wow. He said I was put on a thing called an ECMO machine, which does all the breathing for your heart and for your lungs, and that's called a Hail Mary. He said no one survives that, but he did, but he did. Well, I hope that was, uh, you know, an impetus to, to, you know, face the addiction issues that he was dealing with. I don't know where he is on that journey, but. I imagine he will talk about it in this new book. Uh, Yeah, you know, he said that he's been working on it. And this has been something that Matthew Perry was dealing with all throughout the time that he was starring in Friends in the 90s. And um, he said that uh, he's been to rehab 15 times over the years. And he said that he has become well-versed on the tools necessary to maintain his sobriety, saying to People Magazine, I'm pretty healthy now. I I've got to not go to the gym much more because I don't want to be the I don't want to only be able to play superheroes. But no, he's you know he was joking. He's <laughs> yeah. like I'm a pretty healthy guy right now. Good, and that's what he's telling to People Magazine. And again, so, that's all you can do is be the best version of yourself today. Yes, yes. Tomorrow he, is another story. We'll see what happens. Yeah, but TBD. for right now, let's just focus on today. Mm-hmm. It's probably a good uh, a good message. Very much so. So if you want to read about Matthew Perry's memoir, uh, The People Exclusive, he's on the cover of this week's issue. And also his book, again, comes out on November 1st, which is just a week and a half. Oh, God. How is it already November? It feels like January, but sure. Um, Yeah, it's fine. Side note, the holiday decorations are already in full force. Of course. I mean, why not? I I don't blame people. If you're going to have the cold, you might as well get the fun. That's true. You know, I know it's depressing, but like, what is it? <laughs> but, but have fun. <laughs> Don't worry about it. That's great. Um, Meghan Markle is on the cover of Variety magazine doing a new interview. And, uh, you know, she's talking about life. She's doing her podcast. She's doing the Netflix documentary. And also one thing that we learned is that her husband, Prince Harry, is a big fan of In-N-Out Burgers. Oh, not surprising. I yeah. mean, that he would like a little fast food. It's got to be a, 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 I'm sure they get to eat whatever they want as royals. And I'm sure he can get somebody to run out and, you know, to a chip shop over in the UK. So this is just the equivalent. But it's nice to know that, you know, royal family, just like us. Yeah. <laughs> and, except totally not. It's totally in not. In any way, shape, or form. everybody loves a good burger. Uh, yeah, Meghan Markle is talking about, you know, she uh, was talking about Queen Elizabeth for the first time publicly. She did say that there's been an outpouring of love and support, and she's really grateful that she was able to be in the UK with Prince Harry to support him during that time. And she did say, um, reflecting on her relationship with the Queen, she said, I've reflected on that first official engagement that I had with her and how special that felt. I feel fortunate and I continue to be proud to have a nice warmth with the matriarch of the family. I will say I do need I owe her uh, an episode. The queen or Megan? Megan. I need to listen to an episode of her podcast. I've not because she's gotten some really good press out of uh, this podcast and, you know, good press and Megan Markle don't always go hand in hand. So I feel like uh, 
I uh, and plus I love podcasts, so I feel like I should sit down and listen just to hear. Did you listen? I forget. I don't have. Was it I don't have a Spotify subscription, a premium one. Oh, do you so, have to have a premium one? I don't know. I don't. You know might just either. You might might but might be able to have a regular one, and you just uh-huh. uh, have to sit through a commercial or something. Well, the latest episode of Meghan Markle's podcast uh, archetypes is with Paris Hilton. Mm. And in this Variety uh, interview, she talks about that that is the most challenging interview she's had to do so far. Because she said that, she said, I was embarrassed to admit it, this is Meghan Markle talking to Variety, but I've had a judgment about Paris Hilton that's based on everything I've seen, and I don't like to come from a place of judgment, but she says, I also didn't grow up pretty. Meaning that... Paris Hilton is a person who has leveraged her looks Mm -hmm. to get a certain amount of celebrity. Meghan Markle says, I grew up as the smart one. So, so much of what I ended up thinking about when I thought about Paris was envy and judgment, two of the most dangerous things. That's so interesting because I would say, really? I mean, you were also one of the women on that game show who was clearly in part chosen for not only her talent, but her beauty. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting. So uh, another reason to listen to... Uh, her podcast. Yeah, yeah. Meghan Markle has a lot of interesting things to say in this interview, and she's also reflecting, like much of the world is, how the entertainment industry has changed, even in the past five years since she exited mm-hmm. to start her senior royal duties, oh, and <laughs> and how these deals with Spotify and Netflix are part of this changing entertainment landscape. So you know what? If you want uh, an insightful interview, go check out Meghan Markle and Variety. Fabulous. I shall do it. Actually, you just did it for me. Thanks, Holly. Yeah. This is why we rely on Holly day in and day out for the Dirt Alert. You can hear her every day on the Colleen and Bradley Show. And when we come back, she's bringing double duty in the form of blind items. Mike and I. Yes, Mike. Sorry. You're up for uh, right, blind items, right? Good. All right. Let's do it. When we come back, juicy bits of gossip with the names left out right here on the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 1071. I ain't sitting for 40. I'm running inside and putting on a hat. Good afternoon. Welcome back. It's 1230 on the Colleen and Bradley Show. I'm the Bradley. Colleen will be back Monday. Here we always get right about this time. We get a jet flying overhead. Yeah. Always timed perfectly with that Top Gun song. I don't know how that happened. That's Holly Roberts. Uh, in for Colleen, even though she's always here. Mike uh, in as well, helping run the board. And now, let's let Holly loose with some blind items. Blinded by the item. <laughs> that was me getting loose. I was like, is that Cher, Mr. Ed? Some Whoa. combination thereof. I mean, now that would be synergy. Cher and Mr. Ed. <laughs> Mr. Ed Cher. Uh-huh. Sure, Ed. Yes, anyway. we'll work on that. Let's do the celebrity gossip. Mystery. And today it's it's Mike and I. That's Mike right. And, Mike and I is almost like Mike and Ike. Close. And then I think yeah. candy. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Well, think about this celebrity gossip mystery. It has nothing to do with candy. It actually will probably make you sad. All right. Uh, this foreign-born permanent A-list singer is going to try and do one last tour next year. Hopefully, her disease is in remission. <sighs> Go see her if you can. Because it will probably be the last time ever. Wow. That's depressing. That is really sad. I told you it was Foreign make you born. Sad. Did you say one name? Born born. No, you just said foreign born. Permanent, Permanent A list singer. Is she, Mike, I don't know if you have any early ideas. I don't. Is she also scheduled to do another uh, performance? I don't think so. Okay, that would be a no. No. <clears throat> Oh, sorry, here we go. Um, oh, it's man. fine, it's fine. <laughs> 
Let's see. Um, so she's not doing the Super Bowl. It's not Rihanna. No, no it's not okay. Rihanna. Right. Not doing the Super Bowl. Mm-mm. Okay, foreign born. Mm. So is she a, an elder? Um, I think this person's in their fifties or sixties. Okay, that's not an elder. No. Um, um, this person is in their fifties. Do we know that she's not well? Um, we don't know officially that she's not well. However, there has been speculation for the past couple of the years that this person has been dealing with some health issues. Undisclosed. Oh I'm having a really hard time with this, Mike. Me too. I'm struggling. What are you coming up with? Not a lot of anything. Because mm. all of the names I'm thinking of are like elder uh, stateswomen, people like Liza. No, oh, not God, Liza. She went on tour, though. Uh, oh, my front God. row. Thank front you. Front row. Yes. <laughs> okay. Fifties. Uh, yes. Now that's young. So this would be a shocking death. Uh, I mean, not that all death isn't shocking, especially for the person in question. But. Yeah. Now I will say, here's a hint. Earlier this year, I'm looking at their Instagram account, and they canceled the remaining shows of their world tour. So that oh, so this is somebody that's actively on tour in wow. their fifties. Yeah, so, permanent A list. Yeah, so these dates were canceled. But what NT Lawyer is saying is this person's going to try to finish this tour, and that if this person does, you better go and see her because it may be the last time that she's out on the road. Can I get a genre check? Um, or hint ballads. Oh, theatrical ballads. Oh, oh, hmm. Who is this? And I don't say. Of the Broadway variety, of the epic variety. And she's only in her 50s? Yes. And she's a permanent A-list? Yes. Oh, my God. Mike, yes. failing. We and both And she's, are. yeah, foreign-born. I mean, uh, what is Celine she British? Dion? She is not British. No. <laughs> it's not. Is it Celine? It is Celine Ooh. Dion. Oh! Celine! Oh, no! I was thinking no! of Canadian singers, and Celine. I was like, yeah. Dion. Okay. No. She's I had no idea only... she was pregnant. Well, first of all. Well, she's not pregnant. Oh, I'm sorry. Sick. I, she's, sick. she's sick. I gotcha. Yeah. Yes. So let me fill in the blank here. Celine Dion is going to try and do one last tour next year. Now, hopefully her disease, whatever that is, and is in remission. Go see Celine Dion if you can, because it will probably be the last time ever. Oh. Now, nothing about Celine Dion's health has been confirmed by Celine Dion herself. However, there has been speculation mm. in recent years just based on visuals perhaps that she's not at optimal health these are one of those blind items where i'm like i hope that's not true yeah oh god i did i will say i don't know about you mike uh or you holly but i have seen her once she actually performed here in the twin cities i saw her at the target center to a person the most talented live performer i've ever seen in my life and i've seen adele so, and I've seen a lot of other talented people. I haven't seen Beyonce, so I don't know. But anyway, she um, she was an amazing live performance. Like everything, you know how some musicians you show up and you're like, oh, it's your record is better. Well, well that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, no, she like, oh God, I hope that's not true. All right, Permanent can we do another one? Yeah. All right. Mike, we failed, Polly. We did. I don't know. You said Rihanna, and I instantly, for some reason, my head said, okay, they're pregnant. I don't know why that was where my head went, but I couldn't get off of that. Sorry. No worries. Well, let's do a blind item revealed. This one, uh, a, a happy blind item. Okay. Good. This former tweener actress turned A-list, A-list adult singer, who is about the same level right now, is, by NT Lawyer's account, about 60 days sober. And this is her longest stint for some time. Good for her. 
I have an idea, mm, okay. but Mike, I want you to flex your muscles here mm-hmm. of the blind item variety. One more time. So All we're looking right. for a, like a tweener. Well, yeah. former tweener actress okay. turned A minus list adult singer. And what NT Lawyer is saying is that this person is about 60 days sober, mm-hmm. which is her longest stint for some time. And NT Lawyer's celebrating that. Good for her. Wow. Mm-hmm. You have any first? You do have an idea? A vague idea, okay. but I, I mean, it's just, it's uh, my instinct, but it could be totally wrong. You have any ideas? I, I, I'm not. Think of I'm, like, um, is, is she, I'm assuming she's in her 20s or early 30s, maybe? Late 20s, early late 20s. 30s. I cannot confirm so like, their age. Has she had a public uh, struggle with addiction? Yes. Ooh. Has she previously used different pronouns? Yes. Okay. I definitely know who this is. Ringing any bells? Uh, yes, it is. Um, and now I'm on the spot and I can't think of uh, any... Does it start with a D? Yes. And oh, yes, yes, yes. Demi Lovato? Yes! There we go. We got... Yay! It was a struggle, but you got Demi, me there. So for those who don't know, Demi uh, used yeah. to go by they, them pronouns. Yes. And now she has uh, chosen... She, uh, right? She, right? She? Yeah, correct. She. Mm-hmm. Her pronouns? She, her. Yep. There you go. So Demi Lovato, 60 days sober, according to NT Well, that makes me happy because uh, it's clear that she has struggled mm-hmm. in her life yes. and publicly, which is not always an easy thing to do. I cannot imagine having dealt with my own addiction issues in private. Thankfully, I would never wish that publicly on anyone. Mm. Let's do another one. Let's do another one. Hey, Mike, we're doing better. Yeah. We are doing better. Yes. Yeah, you're working we're getting there, but muscles. No, you got there. You got, <laughs> got it. Yeah. There. Yeah. Muscles, muscles. Here All we right. go. Uh, flex on this one. Just like they do with viewing hours. The streaming service is lying about new subscribers. They're trying to fool companies into advertising with them. Gotta be Netflix. Gotta be Netflix. It sure is. Ding! Ding! I just saw that headline today that they, uh, or maybe it was last night, that they had big fat subscriber numbers for the first time. And uh, this comes on the heels of them just about to charge people for uh, a commercial-based service. Exactly. So what NT Lawyer is saying, well, what do you know? Just like they do with viewing hours, Netflix is lying about new subscribers because they're trying to fool companies into advertising with them. Their new ad-based subscription over at Netflix launches in November. So they're like, you know what? We'll just, you know, we'll just. I'll let you know that you know we're really popular right now. So why don't you uh, advertise? Which on is us? weird because if you think about it, I'm like I I really would question that because when I saw the headline, I was like, well, what's changed? Because they were losing subscribers, yeah. right? Pretty notably. Yes. And I'm like, what new content have they brought on other than I will say Dahmer probably shot some subscribers up. Perhaps I would be shocked that people would solely subscribe to Netflix because they wanted to watch. Yeah. That show? Well, apparently that was the second, if it, not the most, I think the second, second most, most watched. Season four of mm-hmm. uh, Stranger Things was first. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Which is, which I think was a surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but that just doesn't seem like enough to shoot them over, uh, you know, into uh, the black versus being in the red for so long prior. Also, convenient. also, did you notice that with a little bit of sugar came a little bit of medicine? Because they did also announce, I think at the same time, that they were going to be cracking down on password sharers. Yes. So, and that's been a long time coming mm-hmm. that they're going to be doing I don't that. Know about the two of you, I'm just saying, if you're borrowing anybody's <laughs> password, 
What? Your time is limited. Who does that? Nobody. Let's solve another mystery. Do you have a quickie? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Let's just do this uh, this last one. It's been revealed. It's uh, Well, actually, let's do the quickie one. Sure. That I know you guys will get yeah, right yeah, away. Yeah. Apparently, an acting sibling of this permanent A-list singer in quotation marks knows what happened in 2016 and why the singer looked completely different then compared to now. Wait a minute. That's not like I'm having thoughts, but the, they're confusing me. I know. Because singer in quotation yes. marks, Mike, and yeah. for the listener, often refers to, I think, Britney? Yes, Britney Spears. That's who everyone is thinking this is about. But I'm confused about the sibling and what happened in 2016. Well, who's the sibling? Well, she's got a couple, but I'm assuming it's um, Jenna Spears. No, what's her name? What is her name, uh, Miranda? Jamie Lynn. Jamie Lynn. Yes. <laughs> Miranda. Uh, Jamie Lynn Spears. Well, what NT Layer is saying is there's some mystery that happened to Britney Spears back in 2016 that Jamie Lynn Spears knows that made Britney Spears look different. Now, I'm going back to Britney Spears in 2016. She did perform at the 2016 Billboard Music Awards, and she doesn't look that different, but perhaps... Like maybe she had a boob job or something? Could very well I mean, be. I only say I that mean, because we've well, seen them. We, yeah, we saw them. I don't know about you, Mike, yeah. but Recently. they're on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Which, if you took the W out, would be a new social media platform that she would probably mm-hmm. be real popular on. Yeah. Oh my God, those were great blind items. And Mike, you did a tremendous job. Thank you. This wasn't your first time, was it? It was actually, yes. Good job. Gold star. I'll I'll, I'll work on it. I'll get better. No, I mean, that's (laughs) that's the thing. You stick around and do these long enough, you'll be... It's like riding a bicycle. It's like riding a bicycle of Mm -hmm. tabloid trash. When we come back, Holly, God, you're just doing it this hour, man, because Holly's got some thoughts on movies. She loves movies. Some of her best friends are movies, but... She's got some thoughts for the movie industry, and she's going to take them out on you when we return right here on My Talk 107.1. The movie industry is constantly changing. I mean, when's the last time you were sitting with your butt in a theater and it wasn't Project Down a Dirty Film Fest? That's right. We're going to find out what Holly has to say on the matter, because she's been doing some reading. She's smart and stuff, at least here as compared to the rest of the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk. I'll speak for myself, because that's who's here today. Me, Colleen will be back on Monday. Uh, Mike is here as well. And Holly, you love movies. Some of your best friends are movies. What's going on with those kids? Oh my gosh, what's going on with the movies and some of those kids is that people aren't going to the movies like they used to. And Hollywood is having a really tough time understanding this. There is this story in Variety, Bradley, that I ran across today. And the headline is 27 great movies that flopped at the box office. Flop. Flop. Okay, because, so mm-hmm. as as pertains to their box office earnings? Yes, okay. their box office earnings compared to how much the movie cost to make. There is this list of movies, 27 of them, in fact, that Variety uh, put together and said, flopped even though they're really good people just didn't go to see them there have been a number of high profile quote-unquote flops that have been out in theaters this fall specifically bros the billy eichner movie that's considered a flop in hollywood also the new movie amsterdam huge flop huge flop that movie is expected to lose 100 million dollars oof right heard of cats 
Yeah. That was a flop. I well, saw actually, it. I don't know if it, box office wise, was it considered a flop? I think so. I don't so. know what the numbers were, but. I think it was considered a box office flop, a critical failure, and a pop culture debacle. All Ooh, rolled into I like one. all those words. Yeah. So, so why do you think Hollywood, and when you say Hollywood, do you mean Hollywood executives, the people footing the bills don't seem to be getting it, studios don't seem to be getting it? Yeah. Because clearly audiences are getting it. And they're not showing up. They're not. Or they're getting it on their TV. Yes, they're getting it on their TV. They're watching it different ways. But looking at this list, some of the movies that are cited as great movies that are box office flops. I'm going to some of these names will be familiar to you. And then some of these won't be. So this movie that came out over the summer called 3000 Years of Longing, starring Tilda Swinton and Idris Elba. That movie made a a splashy debut at the Cannes Film Festival and opened to $2 million at the box office. Now, Bradley, have you heard of this movie before? No. Okay, thank you. What was the movie? (laughs) It's called 3,000 Years of Longing. No, I haven't. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There's the problem. Let's move on to another movie that was um, a box office flop. Ridley Scott's The Last Duel. Do you remember that movie? Zero, zero memory. All right. Well, that movie. Mike, are any of these ringing a bell? The Last Duel, I remember. The yeah. Last okay, Duel. Okay, what was that about? Uh, this was Ridley. A duel, the last one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think Mike is the only one who saw the movie. <laughs> did you see so... it? I did not see it. I just oh, know of it because right. it's, it it's Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, and yes. Adam Driver. Yeah. Yes. Okay. This yeah. is that medieval story where it's kind of like a oh, Rashomon. Yeah. 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 Cost over. All a... those words, though, like <laughs> appealed to about four people. Thank you. Medieval. Yep. Rashomon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a Japanese movie, which is definitely worth watching, but a, an occult, cla- not a cult classic, just a classic film. But anyway, that appeals to a very small audience. Yes. Now, that movie cost over $100 million wow. to make, grossed only $10 million in the United States, $30 million worldwide. Now, truth be told, that movie came out in a challenging time, being the height of the pandemic when folks maybe per- perhaps weren't going to the movie theater. Now, Ridley Scott, the director, Blame the failure of that movie conveniently on millennials because millennials, you know, they ruin everything. Well, and it's mm-hmm. kind of to some degree bros the conversation. I didn't go deep on uh, on Billy Eichner's criticism, but I saw headlines about what he was purporting to say was the reason his film was not successful. Um, you know, I think it, you just have to be careful because you really don't know. It could be a variety of things. And ultimately, I think to maybe your greater point, like just the way that we consume stories is changing. Right. Although, is it? Like, it's easy to say that now that I think about it because movies have always been challenging. I mean, how many times have theaters been like, oh, we got to figure out something to do to get people's button seats? Yeah. Remember when Avatar came out in 2009 and everyone thought the future of movies was 3D? Which, that, FYI, happened in the 50s. Thank you. Like, because they were having a hard time after the, you know, golden age of, of you know, the Hollywood system, getting people's butts back in seats because, you know, television was sucking audience Mm-hmm. Uh, from them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We've d- been down this road before. Yeah. It's just that for most of us, we haven't been down this road because perhaps we weren't the movie going public in the 1950s. And even though it's happened before, it might be happening on a scale now that it hasn't before. And, you know, there are definitely unique challenges to 
to movies for sure. Exactly. Yeah. But all these movies, they're like, oh, these are box office failures and they're flops. And, you know, here are some great movies, but nobody went to see them. I'd also say... Are these movie companies investing in marketing? Because you you didn't hear of the first movie at all. You didn't know what the heck was going on. We're just so saturated that spending $100 million on a movie might not be the best business decision. But that being said, too, you know, we have folks like Martin Scorsese out there being like, don't pay attention to the box office. Just go and see the movie. Is it also a conversation, if you're just joining us, Holly is uh, talking about, the movie industry and frankly, you know, what's going on. Do you think that um, there are, uh, because I feel like there are two conversations happening, right? Cause you still have people's butts in theaters. Yeah. Top Gun Maverick. Right. But if you're not a Top Gun Maverick, which is kind of a one-off, you have to be like an intellectual property film, something like the Marvel or DC cinematic universe, right? Mm-hmm. Star Wars, all of those. Like, if you're not one of those, I feel like the the difficulty is way higher Yeah, for getting butts in seats. And that's where I think the future might be actually changing things for certain types of movies over yeah, others. Right. Well, and then the question becomes, well, butts are still in seats. It's just what kind of seat are the butts sitting in? Which drives people like Martin Scorsese and... Yeah. Others nuts, right? Yeah, because Steven Spielberg. Because they well, not wa- Steven Spielberg so much. He hasn't. Well, he has talked uh, a little bit about. Yeah, he definitely was not here for streaming services. Yeah. He has talked about Netflix in the past in a pejorative way, not wanting film or cinema to be seen in that way. But yeah, butts are still sitting. It's just where the butts sitting. Are they sitting in a movie theater seat? Are they sitting in a couch? <sighs> also, what was the last movie? You are a movie fan. What was the last movie you saw on your couch? On my couch, yeah. Elvis. Okay, the Boz Lorman movie. So you actually rented it, or it was on HBO Max. Got it. Watched it from beginning. I have a hard time end. sitting down and watching movies in my house. It's a long time to sit down and watch <laughs> watch a film. It seems well, like a that big being commitment. said, too, don't even get me started on how long movies are these days. My butt can't sit for that long, no matter I know. the seat. I mean, segments on a radio show are real long, <gasps> which is why we got to run. Ah, ah, when we come back, what's your favorite salad? No, it's a legitimate question. Celebrity salads are the new thing. We're going to talk salads <laughs> and what you like to put in your mouth when we come back. For nine years, a dangerous man terrorized women, breaking into homes and raping his victims before killing a brilliant young scientist in 1998. The more the victims resisted, the more violent he became. Then he suddenly stops, leaving police with a lot of clues and one unknown subject. I'm Paul Wagner. Join me for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast series. Search American Nightmare podcast on all podcast platforms today. 